0: This is your host, Stephanie Miller, and you're listening to The Killer Kind. If this is your first time here, I hope that you'll hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening, and welcome back to those who have been here before. I apologize for being out last week. I was definitely down for the count for a couple days, but I hope you guys were able to check out the Anything and Everything podcast that I was on with Allison Wade. It was her husband Storm's podcast, but the girls took it over last week to discuss our top five true crime cases. It was a lot of fun and I hope to do more with them in the future. Maybe we can get Allison here on The Killer Kind because if you listen to that episode, you can tell she is passionate about true crime just like me. But let's move on and get into today's case. I have a disappearance for you guys today. This is one though that is going to be pretty frustrating and I'm sorry I feel like I do this to you guys a lot <laughs> but we are going to get into this case and you're going to quickly realize that why is this not solved there is it's like they're so close to it that it's painful like it's like how has this not been solved yet but I think what really needs to happen is the word needs to get out there and the right person needs to come forward with more details because it's clear many people have a lot of details and you'll see what I mean soon. But we definitely can get this one solved. So be sure to share it on the podcast Instagram page and just kind of spread the word. But without further ado, let's dive into the disappearance of Lacheya Stein. Lacheya Ney Stein was 16 years old back in 2016. Living in Aurora, Colorado, where she grew up, she was enrolled at George Washington High School where she was set to graduate early because she was so smart and had already achieved so much. She had big hopes for the future and she wanted to study nursing and she had recently been selected for an internship at the University of Colorado Hospital. On Thursday, July 14th, 2016, LaShea spent the evening with her family. She and her mom were both anxiously excited for the following day because LaShea had a job interview at the nearby Firehouse Subs. It was going to be her first job, and the 16-year-old was super excited. And her mom was excited for her and was likely talking about what to say during an interview and what not to say, kind of coaching her daughter on the opportunity that she had. Now, everyone started winding down sometime between midnight and 2 a.m., Shortly before 2 a.m., Lacheya hears her younger brothers making a ruckus, if you will, in their room, and she goes down there and tells them to go to bed, or else she's going to tell mom. (laughs) Lacheya closes the boys' door behind her, and the house is officially quiet for the night. When Lacheya's mother, Sabrina Jones, wakes up that Friday morning, she starts texting her daughter to make sure she's up and, of course, starting to get ready for that big job interview that was supposed to take place at 1 p.m. that day. She's texting her, but she is not getting a response back. So her brother or her mom asks her brother to go to her room to see if she's awake. Now, when her brother gets to her room downstairs in the basement, he calls out To his mom and says, Hey, like she's not here. They look all over the house and LaShea is nowhere to be found. Now, up until recently, this would have been very unlike her. And I say that because apparently there was an incident similar to this shortly before this day. I couldn't find exactly when the incident took place, but basically Lyshea had left the home and nobody could find her for about 20 to 30 minutes. She had apparently gone out for a walk and didn't tell anyone where she was going. And now again, I have no idea where she ended up being found or what the situation was because nothing was really reported on that. But either way, the most amount of time that she had been unaccounted for was about 30 minutes or so. But after searching for Lachea for over an hour, and after their calls went unanswered and eventually straight to voicemail, Sabrina knew it was time to call for help. So she calls the Aurora Police Department and reports her daughter missing. But they basically tell her that there's not much they can do. When Sabrina called and explained the situation, they pretty much told her that she was likely just a runaway and would eventually return home. She was told that they would take the missing persons report and they would send someone out when they got a chance. No sense of urgency whatsoever. So this left Lachey's family by themselves in the search for their 16-year-old. Pretty quickly, they realized they could track her Google location to see where she was or at least where she had been. And for those that may not know, and I'm still not exactly sure how it works, but apparently you can look up someone's location history. If they have their Google locations turned on, then you can see their location. It's similar to like find my iPhone, but it's more of a log and not a pinpointed tracker on a map sort of thing. Now, although the family was able to see that her phone was on and then had been turned off, they weren't able to track her location since she went missing. So then they checked her phone log to see if she had made any suspicious phone calls. Had she been texting someone, making plans? Then they thought to log on to her social media accounts to see if she had any interactions there. Anything at all that might have indicated why she left the house. But yet again, they hit a wall. There was no suspicious behavior on her phone records, nor was there a sign of her making any plans with anyone. So Lachey's immediate family and other friends and family continue out on foot looking for the 16-year-old. A few hours after they initially were called, the Aurora police finally showed up to survey the situation. they start by searching Lacheya's room and asking her mom a few questions. And what they found was pretty significant in the investigation. They were able to determine that Lacheya didn't take any personal belongings with her. Her wallet, extra clothing, her phone charger, anything she would have likely needed to run away or be gone for a long period of time was all accounted for inside the home. Plus, as we know, she had a job interview that day and an internship coming up. She was certainly not going to be running away. And you would think that would completely contradict the police's theory, but unfortunately not, according to them. Now, when they were searching through Lacheya's room, which was, again, located down in the basement, they realized the window in her room was unlocked. Basically, there was, I believe, just one window in her room, and I'm sure you've seen window like this. It was a typical sort of basement window that lets in a little bit of sunlight, but also has like steps leading out into the yard or out into the ground level of the house. I think it's called like an egress window from what I've read. (laughs) Now, one thing to note is that there is a heavy grate that sits on top of that window. And then there's a plant that usually sits on top of that as well, according to Sabrina. When looking at the window, they noticed that the grate was still on the window, but the plant had been moved to the side. And Sabrina felt strongly that this indicated that Lacheya had tried to come back inside the home, that maybe she moved the plant out of the way and started trying to get back in. Her theory was that either the grate was too heavy or something like that. And then once she realized she couldn't get back in, she went somewhere else. All of this said, though, the Aurora police were still trying to say that LaShea was just a runaway. So they were, the family was back to being on their own in the investigation. They were provided missing persons flyers, I think, by a local business kind of helping them out. But other than that, that's all the help they really had. But that didn't stop them. They went around questioning Lachey's friends, the neighbors who might have seen something, And they were following any and every lead they got. They were definitely taking things into their own hands. And they also kept like a close eye on Lacheya's phone activity. Like I mentioned before, like her call logs and her social media, they continued to monitor that. And there was no activity on that phone, which again proved to the family that she was not a runaway. She would have at least had her phone at least making some plans with someone But the family got a break about a week after the 16-year-old went missing. The Aurora Police Chief Nick Metz showed up at Lacheya's home and essentially apologized. He said that he had been on vacation for the last week, and when he got back, he saw Lacheya's file and was very upset with how the investigation was handled. He said that it was clear to him that something was wrong here. So, It was at this point that they hit the ground running with the investigation, thankfully. Sabrina said that day they held a press conference. They reached out to the local news stations to share Lacheya's story. And not only that, they told Sabrina that they had actually found a surveillance video clip of Lacheya walking down the street at what looks like a big intersection, not even a mile from her home. It was the intersection of East Montview Boulevard and Peoria Street. It was like a four-lane road and she can be seen walking down the sidewalk at about 2 45 a.m. And then at some point she is seen crossing the road. Now this clip has led to different theories. In the clip, you can see LaShea on the right hand side of the screen. I will um I'm gonna pause and say I will leave a clip or excuse me, a link to this in the show notes so you can kind of follow along or at least kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about here. So as I said, you can see Lacheya initially on the right hand side of the screen on that right sidewalk, essentially. And then there is a car facing the opposite direction on the left hand side of the screen. And they appear to be stopped at like a traffic light or something. Lacheya then crosses the street behind the car, not on the pedestrian crosswalk that crosses in front of the car like we would expect. So she appears to walk to the other sidewalk and kind of di- continue on in the direction that she was headed, which again was the opposite direction of the car. And that sort of tells me that she wasn't getting into that car. Like that. Was, that car had nothing to do with anything. But this has led many people to believe that she was going to get into that car, that she was meeting that person, or that somebody was coming to pick her up in that general area. When police released the security footage to the public, they initially had tips pouring in, which is normally a good thing in an investigation, but you know how it goes. Typically, it's people that say, oh, you know, I saw someone who looked like her tips that are like maybe minor don't normally lead to anything. Most are bogus as well. But in this case, the tips that were coming in were all the same. They all had a very specific theory. People were saying that Lacheya had been taken by this guy, a certain guy in particular. She had been drugged and sold into sex trafficking. Now, my first thought, and yours as well, is probably, this is great. Everyone has come forward and this is what happened to LaCheya. However, police were skeptical of this theory because from what they know about this young girl is that she's 16. She's an honor roll student. She's extremely smart, driven, and innocent. So, it was hard for them to wrap their heads around the fact that she could have been involved with someone that could have forced her into human trafficking. That said, they did keep this theory in their back pocket but wanted to focus on her smaller circle of friends first. A little frustrating, but that's where all investigations start, right? Is the clo- those closest to the victim. So it makes sense. So let's get into who LaShea was hanging out with, okay? She had this ex-boyfriend that many people weren't sure was even ever her boyfriend. Apparently, the two had hung out at her house a few times. He was only ever introduced as her friend to her mom, but some of her friends had said, oh, they were dating or they had dated. But then others said they didn't. <laughs> In one of the searches for Lacheya, the dad of the boyfriend was questioned. And he said that he didn't even know anything about Lacheya. Like he didn't even know who she was. So this is probably, though, just your typical high school situation, okay, where they might have been talking or hanging out, but never officially dating. But either way, whoever this guy was to LaShea, he needed to be ruled out. So they bring this kid in for questioning. They interview him. They check his phone records and search his phone. You know, he basically hands it over to him. And they were able to determine that he had not been in communication with Lacheya at all in at least the last week before she disappeared. And not since then, obviously, either. So he was cleared as a potential suspect. Then they spoke to several of her friends, and it was determined that Lacheya had not made any plans to meet up with any of them that night, and none of them had heard from her since she disappeared. But again, it was obvious that Lacheya was meeting up with someone. Why else would she be walking down that street? It definitely seemed like a deliberate like course, if you will. So police needed to really track down and see if they could find someone that she spoke to that night. But after searching through her phone records, there was, again, no suspicious numbers in her phone, no questionable communication with anyone. However, when authorities started leaning back into this human trafficking theory, they started to get some leads. And first thing they were made aware of was that Lyshea had been hanging out with people that her family and her other friends were not aware of. Although there was nothing suspicious in her phone records, police were made aware of a group of people that Lyshea had started hanging out with. Clearly people she didn't want her family knowing about, and that was a huge red flag to anyone. Now, you may wonder how the police didn't see any numbers from these people in Lyshea's phone, but that they know that she was hanging out with this random group. Well, when I was searching this case, I saw someone make a good point, and I can't even remember who it was now, and I hate that, but they mentioned that most human traffickers keep in contact with their victims in secret. They usually meet somewhere out in public. Now, there are some traffickers that we hear about more often, ones that follow someone out to their car and kidnap them, right? That's like spur of the moment sort of thing. But there are others that meet someone, and they try to earn their trust. They make them promises, probably. For example, maybe alcohol for someone underage, or if it's a young girl, it might be the attention of a man. One that maybe pretends to love her and show her affection. There are so many different scenarios because traffickers know what they're doing to gain their victim's trust. Giving them the ability to ultimately do what they want. So that's definitely the theory investigators are leaning into now. Lachea had likely met some pretty bad people and could have definitely been taken into trafficking. So when investigators reached out or reached back out to these people that initially called in with these tips saying they saw LaShea with this certain man, nobody would name the guy. Police pushed and pushed, yet nobody would give them his name. And honestly, after a few months of tracking or trying to track this guy down, the tips just stopped. For four months, there were zero tips on this case, which was very unusual and honestly, probably troubling to the family and to the investigators. But finally, after four months of silence, the tips started coming back in and it was more of the same thing that Lacheya had been spotted with a man. She had been seen at a party. She was seen leaving a motel that was known for sex trafficking. And all of these tips that were coming in were from different states. Like I think it was Missouri, Nevada, Kansas. Definitely not a good sign. But shortly after the tips came in from these other states, tips from aurora, colorado started coming in too, and it was basically a wild goose chase to find lachea. I mean, the aurora police had to hunt down every lead and it was taking them all over the country it seemed like. But then another huge tip comes in directly to the family. Supposedly, a local aurora pimp reached out to them and said that he would be willing to keep an eye out for lachea and try to help get her back. He claimed to have already seen her a handful of times and that she was with a very dangerous man. He said the only issue is that Lachea was constantly being watched. There was never a second that she wasn't being watched by the ones that took her. But he did say that he would alert the family when he saw her next and then they could alert the police. But before he had the chance to even do that, another big tip comes in. So someone called LaShea's family saying that they saw LaShea at the Seven Star Motel. Sadly, this particular hotel was known to be frequented by pimps. The caller said they noticed a scar on the girl's chest that matched the one that the family had mentioned to the media. And that part was huge for the family and authorities because they could finally say with certainty that this was LaShea. So the family immediately calls the police and they send a team down right away. I believe the family also went as well, but just kind of hung back a little bit so they wouldn't compromise the search or anything. But when police arrived and they entered the room that the person alerted them about, it was empty. It was clear that someone had been there. There was even like bags filled with girls' clothing still left inside the room, but there was no one there. And I'm sorry, but that has to be the most heartbreaking scenario. You have someone that has seen your missing child. They're supposedly at this hotel at that exact moment, but they're gone before you can even get there, like with, likely within minutes. How horrible in I can't, I genuinely can't imagine it. I, I mean, trafficking is honestly my biggest fear, not just for myself as a female, but for my child, I can't even fathom any child in general. So please be aware of your surroundings and just be careful of who you trust and who you let around your children or around your family. And I am not saying that I know Sabrina had no idea she was hanging out with these people. She has made that clear. The ones who likely kidnapped her. But just always be aware a trafficker can be anyone. They don't have to look a certain way. So just keep that in mind. But I digress. So let's move on. Anyway, so after this huge lead at the motel and that disappointment, the tips once again started to slow down and they pretty much came to a stop once again. That was until November last year, 2022. Yeah, this was actually when I heard about this case. I don't know where I heard it. It might have been like a TikTok or something random. But on November 21st, 2022, Aurora police conducted a search at 2200 Lansing Street. This was a vacant home located in the same area that Lachea went missing. Apparently, the family wasn't even aware of the tip that came in and didn't know police wanted to search that home in the first place. But this house had apparently been a place of interest to investigators back in 2016 when Lachea went missing. Apparently, she had known someone who had lived at that house at that time. But then by the time they were given the tip, those people had moved out and someone else had moved in. According to the Aurora police, they had to wait for the new renter's lease to be up before they could search the house like they wanted to. Now. A part of me gets that. But then again, it doesn't make sense. You're the police investigating a disappearance. If you have any suspicions about a certain place, why could you not go in there and search it or do a proper investigation? You're the authorities. You can't get a search warrant. I know these new renters has have, have nothing to do with the investigation itself, but their home does. Surely they would understand if you asked. But anyways, that ticks me off. But anyways, so when this search was taking place, a woman was interviewed by the Channel Nine News out of Denver, and she said that back in 2016, she was walking the neighborhood, kind of helping a friend look for a new place to live. And she said that she vividly remembers walking by that house on Lansing Street and smelling something horrible. She said it was a very distinct smell that she has never smelled before or since. Now, I can't confirm if this is someone that police have interviewed and maybe she was the tip like the tipper of that location back in 2016. I can't confirm that, but I did see that interview. Now, when police get to the scene on back in November, they bring cadaver dogs to search the property as well. This search went on for days, and by day three, the Aurora Police Department, local fire department, and the FBI had all been assisting in the search. And those watching the search could tell that their main focus was the basement of that home. And when the fire department was brought in, they were there to help break up concrete in the basement. They were there to use like jackhammers and whatnot. They were seen bringing out huge slabs of concrete one by one. And at some point on that third day of the search, a black vehicle pulls up to the garage door. They back the car in and the garage door is shut. Then a short time later, the garage door is open once again and that car pulls out and drives away. Very suspicious and a little chilling, if you ask me. A spokesperson for the police department did say that they had found some sort of evidence that led them to search a specific area of the home. Several five-gallon buckets and concrete slabs were taken from the home. The spokesperson said that they were sending everything that they removed from the house to the forensics lab for testing to see if anything they found could be connected to Lachey's case. And guys, I hate to tell you, this is where the case stops. As of right now, March 2023, there has not been any updates on this case. Since the initial investigation began, there have been many disgusting people that have contacted Lacheya's mom, Sabrina, claiming to have her, asking for money in exchange for her safe return, but all of which have turned out to be scams. There is a special place in hell for people like that. I'm just going to say it. But Lachey's mom says, quote, I know it's possible that I won't hear her voice. I know that it's possible I won't hear that loud laugh. It's even possible that even if I was to see her again, she's not the same girl. And I know that. She said, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about her. Not one day. Lacheya Stein may be gone, but is certainly not forgotten by her family, who just wants answers. Anyone with information is urged to call the Aurora Police Department at 303-739-6164 and the Metro Denver Crime Stoppers at 720-913-7867. Tipsters can remain anonymous, and there is actually a reward of $15,000 for information leading to LaShea. And as always in my disappearance cases, I will leave all the numbers for any tipsters or anonymous phone calls down in the show notes, as well as pictures of Lachea Stein on my Instagram page to help, you know, kind of get her face out there and especially her name and, and everything. So and that is going to do it for the troubling disappearance of Lachea Stein. If and when there is an update on this case, and I think there will be, I will definitely let you guys know. Be sure to follow the podcast Instagram page. That's likely where I'll share it first. I, again, I think this case can be solved. I think it's pretty obvious. However, with the latest development with the search of that vacant home, it's weird. They're basically insinuating that they're looking for Body, but with the amount of tips that came out since 2016, it's hard for me to believe that LaShea could have been killed in that home back then. Now, I did not mention in the main portion of the episode, so shout out to those that stick around to the end. (laughs) But there was one article that did mention that the home that police searched last year was where her ex boyfriend lived, the one that was questioned and cleared as a suspect. Now, That could easily have been misinformation, so please take that with a grain of salt. But if that was the home of her ex-boyfriend, it makes you wonder if he was involved somehow, right? Like, in any capacity, could he have been leading her to the trafficking? Or could he have had something to do with her disappearance by himself or possible death? Very basically like a curveball in this investigation to be honest but like I said if I hear anything at all I will definitely let you guys know now that's gonna do it for me this week guys I'll be back here in two weeks as always lord willing (laughs) until then stay safe out there guys bye